0: Welcome back, everybody. I have the distinct pleasure of speaking to somebody uh, who is from Vancouver. I love my Vancouver actors. I haven't met one person from Vancouver who's in the acting business. That's not an awesome, amazing person. So uh, we're going to continue that trend here. And uh, Alicia Rotaro is is our wonderful uh, guest uh, tonight. And she has such a cool, uh, diverse experience of doing so much voiceover work, of doing so much on-screen work. Uh, I really, really have lots of questions that I want to get to. So welcome to the program, Alicia.
1: Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's my pleasure. And I'm going to ask this question first, because if I don't, my parents are going to kill me. Uh, Your last name is the name, you know, as soon as I saw your name, that's the first thing that came to mind. My parents the same way. They're going to ask me a question of, is there a relation to the famous Ukrainian singer Sofia Ratarov? So, uh, no,
1: no, I don't know. Maybe there will be. I'm going to do a 23andMe. I have to. I yeah. haven't done one yet. My sister has, but I haven't gotten around to it. So at the moment, I can say no, only because I don't know.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: but well, stay tuned.
0: We'll <laughs> investigate. And if you find something, please come back and we'll, 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 definitely... <laughs> yes, the reveal of uh, right. your Ukrainian pop star who, right. you know, I, I grew up uh, listening to and watching, and my parents certainly, uh, my parents are a little older than her, but they're in that same kind of age group. So yeah. she was a really, really big deal, uh, kind of uh, a little bit, a little bit, um, you know, back
1: I um, love that.
0: Yeah, so look her up, I, an amazing voice. And uh, again, she's from Ukraine, and both of you are brunettes. I know you're from, Roma- I mean, you're Canadian, but <laughs> your right. Romanian uh, descent. So Romania yep. and Ukraine they're not far from each other so there could be something there.
1: True. So True. Anyway. We never know. We'll find out 23 and me. Let's see. Yep.
0: Perfect. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my parents if you're watching no relation that we know. Keep <laughs> watching. Uh okay. So what I what got me interested aside from your uh, your last name is the fact that you know you didn't look as familiar but then I saw you in many things uh, almost right away. You know, and I was talking to Ashley. Hi, Ashley, if you're watching. Uh, <laughs> talking to Ashley about you, and then pretty much the same day, I am watching Travelers, and there you are. You walk in in an episode of Travelers uh, in uh, Season 2, Episode 1. And it was remarkable because we, again, just talked about you uh, kind of, you know, minutes before that. And then immediately I see you on screen. I pause. I call Ashley. I said, hey, I just saw Elise on screen. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was Sunday. Ashley probably still thinks I'm weird, uh, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's um, all good. It's no weird. kind of, I saw these things, right? So, you know, I saw you on Travelers, which I enjoyed, and I want to actually talk about that a little bit. Uh, but you got uh, started on Psych, which is my favorite comedy drama, excuse me, comedy drama, my favorite comedy uh, TV show of all time. And that was your start. Uh, you did an episode of Psych. I thought that's very, very cool. It like kind of synchronous with uh, yeah. the things that I really like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was my first on-camera booking, like after graduating university. So it wasn't a big role at all. So I was kind of happy though, because I'm like, ooh, this is like what am I doing because the theater and the film world are so different in their in their ways so it's kind of like a nice step in um but yeah I think it I don't even I would love to say I remember a lot of the experience but I don't
0: (laughs) totally totally normal but uh from my perspective uh, what I want to know is um when you're coming off right so you just graduated then you've done theater. Mm And then you were getting on set. Is this your first time on set? Uh, in terms no. Of on camera?
1: No. I mean, I was, I like, technically, yeah, like, as an actor, actor, yes. Like, I did background work and stuff through at university to, like, pay for stuff. And you know what I mean? Like, just be part of it. Um, and then I was, like, I modeled for years before. So I was in front of the camera, but not on that level as an actor, performer, until that role, right? So it was... like I knew basically kind of how a set worked I mean I I still don't even really think I know it to this day like (laughs) you know you're like I I don't know but it's yeah that was my first time like and you're an actor now like when you're signing your form it's like great okay cool so it was it was it was good because it was I think you know just what I needed as opposed to being thrown into like something super aggressive where i was like already old like i say already old because i was what like 22 23 and like there are people that i know that started at like five you know they've been on sets their whole lives so yeah it was kind of this is my first real set life
0: yeah i mean it's it's certainly better that you got uh that out of the way first you know if arrow was your first one And having to deal with that, you know, kind of the stuff (laughs) season four, all of those episodes, that would have been uh, much rougher. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It would have been aggressive. Like, you know. (laughs) Ah, great mug. What a great mug. (laughs) Life
0: is good. And then we turn that around.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. I have, I feel like I have that poster somewhere that I haven't put up in my house.
0: Yeah. I love this brand, uh, you know, I have a ton of their stuff. You know, my wife, if she ever wonders what to buy me for my birthday or any kind of uh, an occasion, she knows exactly what to buy is just, you know, another shirt from them or another, you know, mug that's or great. anything else, because that's, that's my thing. Uh, we're not affiliated, so we're sponsored by them. <laughs> this is real love, right? Here. Uh, I it. So it's interesting, right? So again, going back to that first time experience, and it was so smart of you to have done background work, uh, and again utilize kind of your experience as a model before. Because a lot of people, when they get on set, and uh, there are so many moving parts, uh, it's very, very tough. You have to act, but then you have to know all of the things that are, you know, set related, and it takes yeah. away from performance. So I think it was just a really nice transition for you.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, the universe puts you where it needs to, right? Like when it need when you should be ready for it. So, yeah. I believe in that.
0: So, oh. do I completely. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's uh and everybody watching that knows the show is going you know, like, yeah, okay, he's going to talk about Yeah, <laughs> yeah I will. Yes. Not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Okay, so you when did you start doing voiceover work because you've done a ton of stuff that I want to get into as well but when did that yeah. start and how was uh, kind of how did that come about
1: Um it was another kind of like magical transition that I don't say fell into my lap it was it was definitely a mix of right place right time but also following through being ready um you know like all that kind of stuff it was I think in 2010, 2010, I was at a um, Vancouver International Film Festival party here in Vancouver. And I was with my agent at the time and uh, talking to a casting director that I knew. And then this other casting director came up to me and we started chatting and He was like, "Oh, you're hilarious," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know." Like, (laughs) you know, we just we just like had a really great energy and like rapport, and we still do to this day. Like, he's Mm -hmm. such a great human being and a mentor, and it was just really fun. And he was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna bring you in," and my agent was like, "Yeah, okay," like he'll bring you in. And then a few days ago, I got an audition for um, a voiceover project, and I ended up booking it. And it was my first Mondo big project. And then it just kind of continued to happen. Like I just, I don't know. I just, it turned me on in a way that I just never was turned on before in terms of the craft of acting and like a different outlet because you like, okay, the theater, great music, great. Like I was a competitive pianist for years growing up. Great. And then I knew that voiceover existed, but I actually wasn't really exposed to it in any way shape or form except from acting when you would go in and do ADR. Mm-hmm. And I always like nailed it doing ADR. I was like done in one or two takes and then we would leave, you know, and it's like you have 3 hour session booked and you're out in 30 minutes. Like it was great, but I was like, oh this is cool. So and then when voiceover came that way, I was like, wow, this is really intense and awesome and you're using a totally different muscle and something just like triggered inside of me that I just didn't experience before and that's kind of what happened like I just had one person take a chance on me and uh invite me to an opportunity that I showed up for and I showed up hard and then I let it go because I had no idea how that world worked whatsoever at all so I was like okay great we went in we had fun he bossed me around got some direction tried it again and then you know, a couple days later, you get a call and it's like you're going in for the session and it's like, holy shit. And then you were like, OK, what do I do? You know, like how do I what's the session? Like, what does that look like? So at this point, I was already kind of like used to being thrown into situations and figuring it out and just following my instincts, which is kind of what it was all really about and taking direction. Um, and but then having to utilize it with, you know, your your vocal tools. So it was really cool, and I mean, to this day, it's like every time I step in front of the mic, I'm like, Bing! like I don't know. There's just something like I'm like obsessed <laughs> in the best way. Yeah.
0: And do you find that uh, again? You talked about the acting now uh, part. Do you find that acting uh, voiceover is different from acting, you know, on screen?
1: Oh, for sure. There's so many there's so many levels where they match and cross Mm -hmm. and then there's like just so many levels where they they're just like devoid of each other like it you're using you're using your whole corporal body of course and that's I think people forget it's like when you're in the booth in a studio you're not just using your mouth and your voice as you can see like I already use my hands a lot when I talk like so I'm surprised I haven't touched my hair yet but um you know it's it's a whole body and spirit effort when you're doing VO. I think almost, I don't know people will argue with me, but I think almost even a little bit more heightened because sometimes it's just you in there with a piece of paper and a microphone and a director in your ear, especially these days with COVID and everything happening. So you really have to be on point and present because you can't lie. Like you won't, you won't be able to lie like how you might be able to lie on set. And I say that with a grain of salt, because on set, there's so many other things that can support you, right? Like your wardrobe, or great camera work and lighting and <laughs> a, a scene partner, you know what I mean? So there's all those other factors. And when you're doing VO, you know, you don't really have have that yet sometimes you don't have um like the music selected for whatever you're working with or you don't even see what character you're reading like they make the character to your voice like you just don't know so it's it's really challenging because it's like a little bit of a mind trip like you're Mm -hmm. you're like what's what do they want what should I do and you you just have to come i think uber prepared and then also able to just throw it completely out the window you know i don't know it's I, it's so hard to explain for me the differences because it's just i'm using different elements and of course your aesthetic like I don't think that anyone gives a shit about what you look like mm-hmm really you know and like that's a big factor with on camera as we all know you know it's it's your aesthetic and what visually is being brought to the frame as well as you know vocally and physically as well but that's a that's a huge difference you know uh, it's you know you hear little boys in cartoons and then they're actually voiced by some of my friends <laughs> that are like beautiful gorgeous women like <laughs> So it's, that's the biggest the one for sure, you know? Yeah.
0: No, that's, that's really cool. I, and you've mentioned the aesthetic part and kind of, uh, you know, not being seen by the camera in a way. Uh, and yeah. I, I have not done a ton of voiceover work except for, you know, recording uh, when I wrote a book, I recorded the, the audio for the book as well, but awesome. I haven't had a chance to really play with it, but it would seem to me like it would be a very freeing experience where you just get a chance to play. And I know myself when yeah. I'm on stage and worrying about the camera, uh, I blink a lot. So I have to be conscious of, you know, if I'm in this moment, I can't be blinking right now. And that takes away from me being present because I'm thinking about it. You know, if if I'm doing you know, voiceover, if I'm in front of the mic and I don't care about anything else, I can just be fully present and I can play. And to me, that would yeah. seem like a really freeing experience.
1: It really. That's a nice way to put it for sure. It's I think that's why it turns me on so much because I don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there have been situations where uh, the producers and wanted to video inside while we were recording, especially for video games. Like they just want to get like a B roll going, but then also then there's like performance capture, which I've done a lot of as well, where they really give a crap about your face and like that you can move it. Um, so I think that that's really what turns me on so much is that like, I move my face a lot and, I, it's, it's like a cool pocket when you're doing performance capture for video games, for example, where they want you to move your face 285 ways, you know, and they're like, the more you can move it, the better. And it's so much cooler than just like having to not over smile, you know, like if you're really happy in a scene and like all my wrinkles come through with my smile, it's like, okay, sometimes I'll look at my video and I'm like, oh my God, that's so aggressive. So it's, it is freeing. Cause you just kind of, it's, for me, it's almost more just like all that other crap just goes away because it's not counted. And then you can just really let the work ultimately shine through with, like you said, have without having to think about those um, subconscious level things, you know, that do come to the surface eventually because you're conscious of them, like the blinking or like over smiling for me. But it is, yeah, it's really freeing and just... I don't know it like it pushes me to be better because I I get to like instantly hear myself, you know what I mean, and like know where I can make a change right away audially. Like when I'm listening to it. You know, and you get opp- I think you just get more opportunities to play in the booth cuz it's faster. You know, like when you're setting up a whole shot on a set, it's like maybe two takes. Mm-hmm. if you have time, you know, cause there's a lot of people involved. So.
0: Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about coverages. You don't have to worry about the white and yeah. the medium and the. Yeah. The yeah. That stuff. Yeah. That's, that's very yeah. cool. Yeah. You, you are, you're really uh, exciting me about trying, uh, trying voiceover. I'm definitely going to do that. Um, I want to. I,
1: I think you should. Like yeah. I tell everybody, I think I'm like, give it a try, you know, like get out there, get a demo see what happens
0: yeah. um with again with me it's you know I make faces all the time you know my uh, my family is uh, is telling me to stop most of the time so if I get a chance <laughs> to do that and have fun and people actually encouraging <laughs> me to make faces I'm in I'm doing it yeah so, do it that's but, awesome and I love accents and I love all sorts of you know weird voices and uh, things so that that could be uh, that could be useful as well okay. Uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do voiceover. That's it. It's been settled. Um yeah. beautiful. I love it. And then you've played so many different uh, cool characters. I mean, you've been uh, in the Marvel universe. I mean, you've been She-Hulk. Uh, you're the yeah. She-Hulk. I, I'm. There's a part of me that's actually pissed off that they didn't come to you uh, and they wanted to. <laughs> you know, that, that, uh, were you at least a part of the conversation, for, You know, being. Uh, being no,
1: uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I. It's so funny because like. I emailed my team right away and I was like, guys, like, I have to audition for this. And it's like, who are you? Like, they're not going to care about you. You know what I mean? Um, so it was, it was, it was definitely like in my mind where I'm like, Oh, I would love to even read for this and just like, what a great opportunity, you know, like who knows what the role is going to require. I mean, Tatiana's going to do a beautiful job. She's so, so I think if it went to anyone that was up for it, she, like out of the people that were up. I'm so glad she got it. Like, I love her work. Um, and she's Canadian, like killing it. And so not- it's, it was also just so it was cool to see that they were doing that. Cause it was a nice look like, you know, like, go oh, she Hulk, but no, I didn't, I sadly didn't have an opportunity, but it's okay. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, you, you can still do a lot of the voiceover. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. um, you, you have more freedom to play. So that's, that's there. And, yeah. you know, the other thing that kind of you know just piggybacking and then moving off of it is that they cast Tatiana, and you know they know that you've played Tatiana, uh you know on (laughs) arrows you know it's (laughs) like all of those little you know minor things are in my brain thinking hmm okay moving up so oh my
1: god you're so awesome
0: uh thank you i appreciate that so kind of you know talking about arrow uh, I loved Arrow. I was a huge uh, fan of Arrow and I stopped watching it after season three because then I, there was so much of my time that was taken up by the CW, you know, kind of Arrowverse. And I watched yeah. that. I was watching all of the other shows and, you know, uh, I, I just didn't find the time. And I finally said, I'm still behind already. I, I yeah. don't know if I have enough time to kind of dedicate, to catch up. So I stopped. And then of course, if I had not stopped and in season four, I would have seen you the whole season. So my apologies for that. I'll go back and rewatch it. It's okay, it's
1: okay. I feel like a lot of people feel the same way.
0: So how was your experience on Arrow though?
1: It was awesome. It was like, it was intense and awesome and weird. Like it was like everything because it was my first big, big role, um, which we didn't know was gonna be a big role. So that's part of the like weird part where you know the team that I was working with at the time we didn't understand we had no idea that it was going to last the whole season and so it was actually kind of challenging because you just never know like am I going to die in the next episode like no one's telling you anything so it was a little bit frustrating as a performer to try and Um, continued the life of the character with no end point you know what I mean it's like okay so this is the arc of the role so in terms of that it was really interesting for for my process because I've never experienced anything um of that caliber before in my career and I really wanted to do a good job so I was I was a little bit stressed like in in that brainscape because I was like okay what's happening like okay am I going to get the script like am I dead in this script I don't know like so it, that logistically was interesting to me so that was an interesting learning curve for sure I keep using the word interesting because it's like the only word I can think of because it was like oh okay but then you know on set and just being there in the character on the day it was a lot of fun like I I just remember my first day coming to the set it was Uh, I'm like, I met Stephen Amell right away. I met the showrunner Mark Guggenheim at the time, so lovely. And it was just fun because I got to dive into this character that had a dialect um, that actually came from the comic book origin story, which was really fun for me. But of course, comic to TV to film, they get mishmashed. Um, so her story wasn't as it was in the comic, but it was still nice to have that there. And then it was kind of cool. Cause I, I only really got to play with, um, Steven
0: mm-hmm. and
1: my friend, Jimmy Akinbola, who played Baron and, um, we became friends on that shoot. Like it was so cool. Uh, and, and yeah, like it was, it was definitely memorable and a, I guess a great way to cut my teeth to that kind of work. Um yeah, I don't know. It was just I had no wardrobe changes, which was really cool. <laughs> I was in the same outfit. My mom was always like, Are you ever gonna change? I'm like, No, I'm stranded on an island, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so be it. Yeah, and it was it was I mean, I worked with um James Bamford a lot, who was the stunt um stunt choreographer for the show and he was so supportive and let me do so much of my work um, which I love to do. Like, I love using my body where I can and learning new skills and just pushing it forward that way. Um, and that was really fun. Like he was like, okay, can you do this? I'm like, yeah. He's like, great. You know, and I had an amazing stunt double who was there to do like all the crazy stuff that I wasn't allowed to do, but it was just beautiful to just be involved, you know, cause sometimes, you just don't even get to. They're like, no, just put this down, double in, and you're like, no, but I can do it. I want to do it, and yeah. who knows, like who knows the who knows the bureaucracy of like why you can't sometimes. But that was fun. That was really cool that I was allowed to do something.
0: Yeah, and then you mentioned your mom, and uh, you know, just just in in doing yeah. arrow, though so you kind of die and then really die. So you know, from the mom's perspective, was it just like hmm? feels really weird to watch you die on screen. Was that your you know, first uh, death? Or no,
1: you- no. I mean, I joke about it a lot. I'm sure a lot of other actors do too. Of like, how many times have you died? Like, mm-hmm. and I just actually joked about it again because I, on my recent uh, project that came out on the episode of The 100, guess what, I died again. So mm-hmm. it was like this, it's almost like a running joke of like, how many times can I die on the CW? Like how yeah. am I going to die now yeah so it's um it, it i don't think she cared like i don't know i i just I, I there comes a point where i'm just like i don't know we just don't even talk about it <laughs>
0: uh with the i i only died i think once on screen so far although you know judging by what the critics said it could have been a lot more than that but um i remember kind of getting ready for that uh, for that scene and my parents were i was like You know, there's this superstition and all the other stuff. I'm like, dude, I would rather die on screen than real life. Okay, so uh, that was my approach (laughs) to it. Uh, But yeah, they were were a little uh, a little worried. So I was wondering how other parents feel about (laughs) watching. I
1: mean, they've my parents have seen me die in many ways on screen. So I think that the death on Arrow was like almost boring compared to the other stuff they've seen. Yeah. Um like this web series I did years ago with my friend Gigi Sal Guerrero, I had my like throat slashed open with a machete and it was like so awesome and aggressive and like blood spurts everywhere and like they so like that was pretty aggressive, you know? <laughs> is, but, uh, is that you get on screen deaths.
0: Is that your most Pardon interesting death? Uh, was that your most interesting death or did you have one that's, uh, that's
1: uh no, I think my most interesting death was in a film I did called girl house, which, uh, is not recommended for all ages, but it was pretty, that was pretty aggressive too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think we'll leave choose it your that.
1: victim. Choose your victim though was pretty gory. So that one was fun.
0: Cool. And then, uh, in terms of, uh, kind of the, uh, the, the technical aspects of it, uh, if, uh, if you are yeah. allowed to, uh, to share those details, yeah. you know, when doing those scenes where, you know, uh, because I mean, from a technical perspective, I can imagine what they have to do, but, you know, uh, they have to have, you know, when somebody cuts your throat, there are a number of shots that go into that. So you have the, uh, the makeup, you have stuff, but there's still a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work that needs to be done to make it all seem real.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, like, to be honest, mm-hmm. there's a lot of realism on the day, you know, like there's a lot of blood and there's a lot of stuff happening on the day that really amp it up. But I think, you know, the mo- most of it is just, it's kind of like a one take wonder sometimes, you know, you just have to really set up the shot depending on what it is. Yeah. And and nail it, you know, like all the all the blood rigs need to work, the acting has to be there, mm-hmm. or the whole scene just turns to shit, you know. Like if you yeah. you know, like it's I've 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 been on set too with like projects that I've I've made with my production partner where like if something's happening and the actors aren't reacting or like the 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 blood isn't squirting out fast enough, you're like, oh my god, like come on, you know, like you just almost gotta keep it rolling. Um but it's, yeah, it's like so much of it is out of your control in a way. You can only prepare so much. And then, like, fingers crossed that on, the, on that moment it happens, right?
0: And as an actor, you know, how many times did you check to make sure that the knife or the machete was not real? <laughs> you know, people oh, all,
1: always, every time. Not even that, like a pencil. Like anything that's, um, like the the last film that just came out this year, Kilbert, um, that we shot years ago, like, you know, we had props on there that were, like, aggressive. We had, like, a protractor, like, from a geometry set that, like, had a sharp needle point that we had had to make sure that was removed. But then even still, it was, like, that thing is still, you could, you know, with enough force without the sharp edge, you yeah. could still hurt your scene partner. So every time, you know, like, I, I've i learned from mistakes. I've learned from others' mistakes and just the words of the wise you know if if you're not checking your props i don't think i think you should also ultimately check them <laughs> like you shouldn't just get handed a gun that's not loaded and even though you see it's not loaded like you should be able to see it yourself too um, so there's a lot i mean what's wonderful is like the, the teams that i've had the the chance to work with in my career have all been so safe you know like knock on wood um but it's, I think it's also an actor responsibility to also make sure,
0: you know, like,
1: okay, yeah. do I have the fake knife or the real knife? Like, did you hand me the fake one? Yeah. Stuff like that, so.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I haven't been in any uh, in any of that genre where I had to experience that, but uh, yeah, I, I would be checking that and recheck. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm traumatized uh, still by Brendan Lee you know, uh, dying uh, on set because of, of, of a gun. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I would be, uh, uh, I would be really, really concerned.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. And like, you know, a lot of the projects I've worked on, I'm handling firearms and so are my colleagues and it's, it's still, you know, it's still scary. Like, even though, you know, they're dummies or whatever, you it's know. still threatening you know <laughs> which then,
0: is sorry i was gonna say depending on the location you know the gun itself may be a prop gun like uh, i was playing a uh, chicago cop uh and i had you know a gun that looked real but it was it was a prop gun it was definitely not real uh but mm. were looking real and we were not you know in a um, in a closed set we were walking around in a neighborhood on the south side of right chicago. And I was supposed to be shooting a black, uh, you know, man. So I said, "You better have cops around here, surrounding, and making sure everybody knows that this is not real." Because the last thing that yeah. I want is is uh, for people to, uh, you know, to take this uh, seriously, given what's happening in our society. So that yeah. that was another thing that I was like, "We need to have permits. We need to have the whole area kind of corded off." Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the last thing you need is, like, someone just getting riled up, right? Because they don't know if it's real or not, which just... is, <laughs> like, that's scary, you know?
0: It scared the hell out of me. That's the first thing I thought about, like, when I was reading the script. And, yeah, you're going to be in the South Side of Chicago. You're, you know, a white cop. You're shooting a black man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're yeah. like, and this is the story. Okay, great. Yeah, and had But every the bystanders don't know,
0: yeah. right? And that we literally had people uh, kind of because we were shooting in an alley, and people were you know taking out their garbage, and people were coming up, and <laughs> one person you know was thanking us for uh, for our good work, and another person was looking at us you know very uh, uh, funny. Let's put it that way. And I can't point Yeah. You know, everybody's had yeah. Uh, their own experiences. So we yeah. have to go out of our way and say, this is a movie shoot. Uh, we're, we're just shooting a scene. This is not real. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Character, and yet at the same time, you're trying for people to know that you're just the character and it's not the reality. It was a weird experience.
1: Yeah, yeah totally.
0: Um, okay. So getting getting into uh to more of the kind of the other project that I wanted to, uh, to see. Uh, Supernatural. Uh, we had, uh, <clears throat> one of the, you know, kind of the friends of the show is a showrunner or was a showrunner for, uh, for Supernatural, uh, Adam Glass. So, uh, he, you know, was a huge fan of Supernatural before he became a showrunner. Then he was a showrunner mm-hmm. for a number of years. And, you know, that show has just a, almost a religious following of people who just yeah. love it. Um, yeah. A fan of Supernatural before you get a chance to get on set?
1: Um, I don't even really know if I was a fan so much of the show. I really liked the two lead actors cause I watched their shows a lot. Like I watched days of our lives a lot, right? Like with my Oma and my aunt loved that show. And then I watched, um, Jared a lot on his show and it was, and then when supernatural was filming here, it kind of became like the talk of Vancouver. It was like, that's a show you want to be on. Yeah. And it wasn't just cause it was like so cool. It was those two guys. Mm -hmm. made that show awesome because it was like when you walked onto their set they welcomed you with such open arms and they I honestly like it was such a great vibe like Mm -hmm. such a great vibe so I think I feel like to be honest that that's probably why that show has such a following because the two guys that led the show for as many years as they did were just genuinely wonderful people you know, and
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. Yeah. So I became, I became all, honestly, I became a bigger fan of it after. um, Cause I, I don't know. I, I, I try not to fangirl too much, to be honest. Um, mostly because of expectations, you know, you have an expectation of being on a project or meeting someone and then you kind of go there or meet them and you're like, uh, you're like you're kind of a dink or this kind of sucks, you know? So I kind of just have always been that person that's like, rather than have the expectations of, um, let's just experience it, you know?
0: Um, have you had experiences where you were a fangirl and you kind of had to, you know, really hold that part of you down?
1: Oh, for sure. Like I, I feel like if there was one project where that happened, um, I ended up booking some like small, small role on this like Catherine Zeta Jones film that she was doing called Godmother. Mostly, I like I told my agents I'm like, look, I just want to be on this set. Like I just want to kind of like be in her energy. And it was like such a dinky role. I don't even think I had lines. Like I can't remember. I didn't even care. But mm-hmm. it was so lovely to meet her. And it wasn't like I was like, oh my god, Catherine Zeta. Like oh my god. It was more just you. There was something about her that I've always loved in the press. And I've always loved in her work that I just like, I loved something about her face, you know, like you can just kind of see someone in their face. I don't know how to explain it, but she just seemed like a really great human. And then I met her and she was like, she was wonderful and so gracious. And like, I have this thing where I'm like, you know, when you step onto a set, it's kind of like being invited to somebody's home if it's not your show, right? Like if it's not your film or you're not part of the series cast, and and she was like another example of those people that was just like hi welcome like thank you for being here and was like fully dressed up in her old lady outfit and was just so lovely you know so that was really cool i really enjoyed that
0: yeah um yeah big fan big fan of her as well i i really i really enjoy people who are immensely talented uh who are allowing themselves to do all sorts of different roles and then not take themselves seriously and not say I can only do this because I'm perceived this way and I cannot do that. Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. not seen that at all with her. So I really have a great deal of respect for her. Mm -hmm. Very cool. cool. And then uh, I saw something on, uh, on IMDb, uh, you know, looking at your profile uh, and I was trying to find a video for it that I couldn't, you were on lip sync battle. Uh, and how did, that yeah. what was so there? That's
1: actually some, so that's some voiceover work that I've done. So, um, yeah, so I was the promo announcer for the show. So like all of the stuff that you would see on the channel where it's like lip sync, like up next on lip sync battle. So I do a lot of that stuff actually. So I, I, I'm the voice of certain shows like, uh, like Ink Master on Paramount Network, um, the Hallmark, Movies and Mysteries channel, um, CBS, The Talk. Um, what else? I, I, like, a, you know, like just, it's called like promo work. So you're pretty much the person telling you what's yeah. up next, you know, like stuff like that. So it's kind of cool, it's kind of fun. And uh, I've worked with Paramount Network for quite a long time and mm-hmm. um, they're awesome. Like, you know, I'll still audition for the shows, but some you know sometimes I book them, sometimes and that was one of the ones that they're like you booked it. And I'm like sweet. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's very cool. And have you found again because uh, you know a lot of the actors uh, and not that you're in a secondary market because Vancouver is is a big uh, market uh, in mm-hmm. Canada, but you know there's a limited amount of work per se for uh, for all of the actors. So have you found that because you're doing voiceover and because you're doing other things, it really allowed you to kind of have a you know much I don't know if easier is the right way to use it but an easier experience and kind of uh, allowing things to happen as an actress uh
1: yes and no actually yeah. I think maybe more on the no side um yeah. I I mean I joke I joke with my agents because I'm like I'm kind of like a unicorn where I can do a lot of stuff quite well mm-hmm. and it's it then becomes like a scheduling issue, (laughs) you know, where it's like, Oh, okay. So you have all these voiceover things you need to do, but then like what if you book a movie or you're on a movie or you're shooting something, how do you schedule in the voiceover stuff? And like, when do you go and do this video game? So it, it, it's, then when that stuff starts colliding, that's when it's like, okay, like calendars, logistics, uh what's easily moved um so it it's kind of cool and awesome, but I feel like sometimes you know i I don't know, I don't know if it's true, but sometimes I feel like my agents are like, Oh my God, like what's she doing now? you know, like she's never available or whatever yeah. um but it's it has helped i mean I don't know, I like to keep busy and explore as much as I can, like Yolo, you know, you only live once, like I don't wanna just do this.' um or just do that so even within the realm of voiceover i want to do whatever is available like bring it on and same with you know on camera stuff so it's kind of good and bad
0: no i i, I understand that but uh, i have a solution for you so you know how uh dwayne johnson has a mobile gym that he takes with him to uh to the set you can have a mobile, you know, recording studio that you can just take. With oh, the I person. do. <laughs> oh, you do. I do.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that, my friend, I do. <laughs> you
0: yeah. go. It's crazy, so, right? You make it work. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: you have to. You have to.
0: Yeah. Um, talking about kind of the, the latest uh, stuff that you're doing voiceover work for is a really mm-hmm. cool Avengers uh, video game. Uh, where you shield yeah. you know is that game out when is it coming up
1: so yeah it dropped on september the 4th um my character i play one of the characters I plays um a shield agent alessandro morales and then in october my other character drops into the game but i can't tell you what it is um so it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be pretty fun to see how that's received and like how that character fits into the world that they've created. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's pretty. I hope I think people are enjoying the game. I'm like you know getting hit up on Twitter by gamers and stuff and Instagram. So I think I think it's I think it's doing pretty good.
0: And because you're a part of uh, kind of this Marvel and the gaming universes, uh, I know not right now because of COVID, but do you get a chance to go to comic cons and to all of the you know kind of conventions where people. Uh, get a chance to see the the voices uh, that they used
1: to uh, play with. Yeah, I mean, I did I did go to as many comic cons as I could in the past. We'll see what happens in the future. Um, I love them. I absolutely love going, mostly because I I actually get to meet people face to face and say thank you for supporting me because without you I couldn't do what I do. Um, so it it's. For me it's really fun i love going and meeting everybody um i mean i've had i've i've yeah like it's just it's just so cool like it, it's such an honor to be able to attend those events um so it's i really hope that there's a way that they can come back safely i don't know <laughs> i know like virtual comic cons are cool, but it's like still cooler when I can be like, yo, yeah, well, high five. And then like maybe hand sanitize my hand. But um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I do and, love going to them.
0: Yeah. Um, and then kind of, you know, because you've done so many of them, is there, you know, one character that you mostly identify with out of all of the characters that you voiced?
1: Oh. Probably this one character coming up that I can't talk about yet, but okay. it's in a new, it's um, in a new uh, DC animated movie, hopefully coming out next year. <laughs> yeah, probably her.
0: All right, we'll we'll leave it at that. Very cool. Um, last question for you: If you had a chance to uh, to go and talk to a uh, you know younger version of yourself as you're just kind of stepping onto the psych set. Uh, and you had yeah. a chance to one piece of uh, acting advice, what would that advice be?
1: Oh, my God. My first impulse is just, like, don't let people tell you no. <laughs> um, I, I'm probably patient, but, like, we already know that. Yeah, I think you would probably probably be something around the realm of like you know take take bigger risks have more fun um I think a lot of the stuff that I've been exposed to and I still deal with it too is like you get like you said earlier you get put into boxes or whatnot and I don't mind getting put into whatever box people are putting you in my whole thing is like great then if that's what they're doing for you then own the box like be the best in that box or whatever until you outgrow it until you lobster out of it but I think for me that's just who I am as a person like I'm pretty pushy my agents if they see this are like yeah we know um people around me are like yeah she's crazy um but I think it's mostly just because I have such a like, I don't know, I just get so excited. It's not about desperation. It's more about excitement and wanting to explore. I just had this conversation with a friend uh, this past week. And it's like, I don't want to be in movies. Like, yeah, great. Thanks for the paycheck. It's more for the experience. It's more for like playtime. And like, like, we are only on this planet for such a short amount of time that it would be so fun to just explore things, you know, and go that route. So I think that's I think that's why I chase chase it like that is cuz I just I just want to explore stuff and see what I can get see what I can do to like expand and yeah. grow and learn. Um so I think that would be one of the things I would say is just like, you know, keep push like as my younger self, yeah, like keep going, keep pushing, keep training, keep like you know like don't let people get in your way if you feel like that's that's what you want to go for go for it and find then find the people that will support you in that vision um that are honest about it you know
0: no and i think you have to do that otherwise um you're not going to get to where you want to go and that's
1: (laughs) what's that saying ellen the squeaky wheel gets the grease, No, (laughs) but I don't know. I think there's a, I think there's a very fine line to being like super annoying like that, but, and just having, I think some drive. Um, but I think, yeah, at the end of it, I think it's just surrounding yourself with the people to help Mm. you grow, you know, like finding those, those people and, and in turn you helping them grow. But
0: yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. It's a challenge that hopefully will elevate everybody. Um,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It may not be the right uh, right crowd for it. Uh, thank you so much for coming. I really enjoyed oh my this. God, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, and uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in and to uh, yet another you know fun episode of The Love of Acting. We know you love acting as much as we do, and that's why we do this for you. Thank you. Thank you.